0: Welcome to an audio newspaper full of very unserious, partially real stories that the world needs to hear. More listening and less reading than a newspaper, but equally as sexy. This is Paper News Out Loud. Hello and good evening. I'm your host, Diane Weathersby.
1: Hello and good morning. I'm your co-host, Florence Strumsby. Thank you for listening to Paper News Out Loud. As many of you probably don't know, I work in an office. As none of you wanted to know, a customer called me today while she was going to the bathroom and probably told me that she was in fact urinating while she talked to me on the phone. This isn't related to the episode, it's just literally haunting me as the worst phone conversation I've ever had.
0: That is the most buck wild customer interaction
1: I have ever heard of. Like just imagine if customers at the restaurant started peeing and then they looked dead in your eyes and told you that they were peeing while you talked to them. It wasn't that bad, but it was still kind of (laughs) bad. That would be so much
0: worse on a lot of different levels. But someone um, did poo in a booth once, uh, but I think they were going through some medical stuff. I'm just glad that I wasn't the one responsible for cleaning that up. I've also encountered too much customer blood than I have ever cared to. There is a reason I didn't go into the medical field, What was that reason? Oh, it's because I can't handle it.
1: (laughs) Humans are just kind of disgusting. Like, we're full of so many, like, fluids. Stop. But I don't want to think about it anymore. (laughs) Yep. Let's go into the headline. Well, if that didn't draw you in. (laughs) I know, let's just talk more about urine, everyone.
0: (laughs) Okay, what's with the doctor's office, am I right? It's uncomfortable, expensive, it smells weird, and it's expensive. Basically, I can't afford to go to the doctor. I've decided to research tried and true ways to stay healthy and avoid going to the doctor's office and or hospital at all costs.
1: you know what bums me out about the doctor, Diane?
0: Is it that they're expensive? Because I think I
1: covered that. (laughs) That is a part of it, but also, as soon as you leave pediatrics, they feel the need to not include fish tanks in your waiting room anymore. Adults need to calm down before they go to the doctor, too. Maybe even more so, because they know what's going on.
0: Exactly. Like, you know what to expect at that point, and you know it's just going to be awful. You're like,
1: oh, shit, I need my tetanus booster. Wish I had some fish to look at.
0: You could bring your own fish and start setting them up at the doctor's office.
1: Just, like, slap a raw bass down on the counter while I'm checking Like, I need to look at this to calm down.
0: Does watching dead fish calm you? anyway <laughs> okay so to avoid literally all of that the first daily habit that you're going to want to pick up is eating more apples the old saying goes an apple a day keeps the doctor away well as it turns out there's actually some truth to that old wife's tale now it's important to note that you should not attempt to eat the apple whole one reason is that you will almost definitely choke on it Another reason is that apple seeds contain a mild poison commonly known as cyanide. Like I said, mild. You would have to consume about 20 apple cores or 200 apple seeds to experience death. But just to be safe, maybe cut up or bite your apples to consume them instead of trying to shove the entirety of an apple down your throat. You don't need to unhinge like a boa constrictor. Yeah, you could break your jaw. Mm -hmm. Humans aren't designed that way.
1: Or die.
0: Or die. Okay, so what's so great about apples? That they can replace humans who have spent years studying the human body. Well, I'm glad you asked. For starters, I can get a pound for like a dollar. It's pretty easy to work that into the budget. Apples are a streamlined kind of fruit in that they contain a lot of nutrients in one easy-to-manage orb. These fruits contain some very important antioxidants that help boost your neurological health. This means that apples might help prevent dementia and Alzheimer's. Apples also help lower your risk for stroke, type two diabetes, and they also lower bad cholesterol. They're jam-packed with vitamin C, B vitamins, fiber, and minerals. I was happy to see in the article that I read that there were not any serious side effects linked to eating apples. Also, I do want to note that you have to eat the apple peel. Throw out your apple peelers, they're just going to make you sick. You need the peel because that's where the fiber and a lot of the vitamins are. So eat the peel, don't eat the seeds. Don't get those confused. Apples are also powerful projectiles. You can use them to defend yourself in battle if you have an apple-sized slingshot or if you are an all-star pitcher. Always keep apples tethered when traveling with them in case of a car accident for this reason. If the health benefits don't convince you to consume more of these juicy fruits, just remember that you will look really sexy leaning
1: on the doorway with your arms crossed, chomping on one of these things. Like Huckleberry Finn style, my first crush. Not the Huckleberry Finn from like the live action Disney movie. It was like a cat rendition of Huckleberry oh, Finn that makes a lot of sense yeah, and I, but I think Huckleberry Finn was a fox and Tom Sawyer was a cat
0: I don't think I've ever seen those it was pretty
1: great <laughs> I feel like it'd be the equivalent of a movie that you can buy in the $5 bin at Walmart nowadays mm-hmm. I'm not sure where we got it back then
0: are you on the fence about getting the flu shot every year maybe you hate needles or the government try hugging it out instead Unless you or the huggy are already infected, do not hug the infected. That's how you become patient zero. Good news. Hugging has been linked to preventing colds. When you receive a hug, you feel like you have stronger social support. And apparently that means your white blood cells feel more supported too. So they are better at fighting off sickness. That was my understanding of the science anyway. Hugging can also lower blood pressure because it helps reduce stress. Apparently, hugging or even holding hands, Florence, releases oxytocin in the brain, ow, which is a cool chemical. Florence was holding my hand too hard. Why is it so cold? (laughs) Your hand. Because my heart is ice. Okay, anyway, um, oxytocin is this chemical that does a lot of good things. It increases the levels of serotonin and dopamine, which are other brain chemicals that help fight depression and anxiety. Oxytocin is one hell of a drug, and by drug, I mean naturally produced brain chemical. Try getting hugs or physical contact before stressful situations to help lower your stress levels and keep you calm. This next benefit is my favorite one. Apparently, hugging can alleviate your biggest fears spiders are afraid of human hugs so according to the website brainfather.com they said this is a quote the fear of dying is common to nearly everyone on the planet well said brainfather.com so the next time you are fearing death give someone a hug odds are
1: they were probably fearing death too And then if you both simultaneously get hit by a semi-truck while you're hugging, you'll have someone to go with you into the afterlife. You won't be going alone.
0: True. Pro tip, don't hug on an interstate or a highway or a road.
1: Any place where semi-trucks are present is really kind of
0: dangerous. Unless that's where your dramatic reunion just happened to be happening. Like you were running to each other from opposite sides of the road and you met in the middle It's totally okay to hug. Opposite sides of the interstate. (laughs) Right, all the way on the other side of (laughs) I-94. Just look both ways. So one caveat to getting benefits from hugging is that it needs to be a good hug. None of this flimsy one-arm awkward bullshit that some people like to put out there. If you aren't committed to the hug, it's best just not to do it at all. And if someone doesn't want to hug you, that's fine. Just respect their space. Their oxytocin might be released in the absence of hugs. You never know what another person is going through. Don't forget that you can practice giving good hugs on your pillow at home. You don't want to be known as a person that gives bad hugs. Note: Hugging pets is 1,000 times better than hugging humans, so find a good friend you can snuggle up to.
1: Literally even Maggie, my overlord and savior, while he hates my hugs and any human touch, I feel great amounts of release, relief, relief when I hug him.
0: Or release from the daily stressors That's in your life.
1: True. And also, he releases a natural chemical that causes humans to hallucinate.
0: Mmm. That's fun
1: at parties. Better than mushrooms, Maggie the Overlord. <laughs> Shroom, sorry, the kids call it shrooms. did we get some new
0: classifieds through the void today the dirty alleyway appeared in their closet again but this time there's a little halfling bard playing the flute to attract me to the postings and let me know that there were new ones the first one said looking for work 42 canadian geese starting a skywriting business every message purchased gets you a free t-shirt We perform for birthdays, holidays, end of life events, promotions, and even contract signings. Seven of our flock are notary publics and any contract written through us will be considered legally binding. Contact us through an elaborate mating display. We'll reach
1: out shortly. For sale, one blood curse. I received the blood curse as a gift around five years ago and man, did it change my life. Looking for someone to take this off of my hands and soul, and experience the same life-altering events like I have. Though I have experienced visions of demons, angels, and the end of time, I do not think that they are related to the blood curse, going for $100 or best offer.
0: The next one was a personal ad. Looking for somebody to love. Can anybody find me somebody to love? Each morning I get up, I die a little. I can barely stand on my feet. I work hard every day. Sometimes, I look in the mirror and cry. If you are, or you think you can find me, somebody to love, contact your fairy godmother and let her know. She'll find me. Please. I just can't get no
1: relief. Free event for all. Come on down to Eugene's used car lot for the family event of the spring. You, your family, and your friends will work together, tearing every car on the lot apart one piece at a time, Whoever finds Eugene's left hand wins the car of their choice. What a deal. Check these out, folks. Deals this hot won't last long. So,
0: as we all know, March is an exciting month for the moon. On the 1st of March, we experienced a worm moon. This is not when the moon completely and totally turns into a giant ball of writhing worms. That's in August during the composting festival. This moon was the first full moon of the month of March, dubbed the worm moon because March is when the earthworms start to move around and let everyone know it's time for spring. The robins are the first ones to notice the worms and their renewed wiggling and they show up too. And then we start to notice the robins and leave our winter blues behind.
1: The circle of life.
0: On March 31st, we will experience another full moon. And depending on your school of thought about moons, this will be called a blue moon. One school of thought is comprised of traditionalists that say a blue moon is really the third full moon of a four full moon cycle, which is when four full moons happen in one season. And then the third one is what would be called the blue moon. This means that a blue moon would actually happen every 2.5 years. So really saying once in a blue moon is actually an accurate way to represent time passing like a fortnight, decade, or a year. If you are a more new-age mooner, then you call the second full moon of the month a blue moon. Hipsters usually fall into the latter school of thought because that makes the blue moon, like, totally random. Both schools of thought require you to subscribe to the Earth perception of time and calendar keeping. You must also be willing to assign names and value between events that are not connected, such as the moon cycle and the human construct of the Gregorian calendar. If all months had 28 days, the second definition wouldn't exist. No matter what we call it or how we perceive it, the moon and the sun are going to keep doing the thing, and the Earth is going to keep seeing it from different perspectives. Other schools of thought include calling it a blue moon only when the moon actually appears blue. They believe the last true blue moon was in 1883 when the moon was clouded from view by the ash of a volcanic explosion and the moon then appeared in the sky with a bluish hue. I personally subscribe to the school of thought that we have never actually experienced a blue moon and will only have a true, true blue moon when certain conditions are met. Those conditions being that the moon must change its properties to actually become blue. My umbrage with all the other definitions is that they rely on human perception to make a blue moon. If you were viewing the moon from any other point in the universe, say like Jupiter, you would not say it was a blue moon. Therefore, only when the moon's properties change, actually change and make it blue will I call it a blue moon. So as a devoted astronomer myself, I believe that this is achievable within our lifetimes. So let's brainstorm. What else is blue? So just for starters, the ocean, my cardigan, blue paint, food coloring. My feelings most of the time. Feelings, that's good. My eyes. Eyeballs, even better.
1: Blue raspberry wine. <laughs> blue Go I ahead. think it's Boone's Farm.
0: <laughs> blue raspberry flavored anything. Mm-hmm. So like Jolly Ranchers. Yeah. That's good.
1: There's an oatmeal that it has um, eggs in it. Eggs. And then when you put hot water on it, then it turns your oatmeal blue to look like the ocean. And then the eggs hatch into sharks.
0: Oh my God. Like one of those almost like dinosaur eggs. Yeah. Egg. Yeah. But
1: it's like sharks and oceans. It's kind of disgusting, but. Gross. So we're going to nothing.
0: rule that one out. So, taking things that we already know are blue, how can we use those to actually make the moon blue? Cover the moon in oatmeal. Oatmeal, that's one thing we could do. Or we could cover the moon in water, like the ocean. Make an ocean moon. That could be fun. We could cover the moon in blue raspberry boons farm.
1: Even better. It
0: would make it a great vacation spot
1: verbally insult the moon until it feels so sad that it physically turns blue.
0: That's good. That's really good. Hit it where it hurts. hmm Um, there is, you know, some people think that the moon's made of cheese. There's blue cheese. That's a good one. So we can actually, we could satisfy two theories here and turn the moon into actual blue cheese. But blue cheese isn't quite, it's speckled blue. Yeah.
1: It's not fully blue.
0: We can dye blue cheese blue. hmm We could also knit a very large cardigan for the moon. I think that would be cute, make Mm -hmm. it fashionable. Um, We could hire painters to paint the moon. Job creation, job growth. Um, We could also inject blue food coloring into the core of the moon and let it seep to the surface.
1: Like when you stick a stalk of celery into blue dyed water and then the um, things turn blue.
0: Exactly. The moon is just like celery, basically. Made of just as much water the fact that the government doesn't want you to know. Anyway, I think we've exhausted most of our options. My question is, why should we make the moon blue? I love that you asked me that. Because it would be a great talking point at parties or the water cooler. Like, are you ever just sitting there and you don't know what to say? Mm -hmm. Or, you know... When you're on the subway, which I've never been, but I imagine you sit next to people and you want to strike up a conversation with them. And you're like, hmm, I wonder what I should talk about. And then you can talk about, hey, have you seen the moon? It's actually blue. Mm-hmm. And then that's good camouflage for the moon during the day. So we no longer have the confusion of when the moon's out during the day because then it just blends in with the sky.
1: Those are all very good points.
0: Thank you. Oh, and also, um, right now we're living a lie when we call it a blue moon, and it's not a blue moon. I just, it's a very human-centric view, and I'm kind of sick of humans' egos. And to change things up, I think it would be a cool little shake-up. Something fun. Maybe something to, like, unite the country over. I think this is an idea everyone can get behind, and something that I think would be a really good use of government resources. I agree. Like, a, like all the, all the world, world's government would be behind this.
1: The world government
0: <laughs> panem
1: that's a hunger games reference
0: <laughs> so i think we've come up with some really good ideas here and had a really good brainstorming sesh but i would like to hear from you the listener about um what your ideas would be to turn the moon blue because i'm sure we might have missed like one thing or whatever like maybe one thing i did reach out to NASA and I submitted an information request to see if they would comment on the logistics and or benefits of turning the moon blue. I'm sure they've looked into it already and they probably have like the the blueprints, but um, just haven't really received the public um, demand for it yet, so if you could all tweet at NASA We have like four followers on Twitter. I don't think it's going to be an issue. So just tweet at NASA and just be like, hey, I'm really looking forward to that new blue moon project that you y'all are getting behind.
1: Secretly working on.
0: And I don't know the name of any other like space organizations in other countries, which I know sounds very American centric. So I'm sorry, but all I know is NASA. They have not gotten around to replying, because they probably realized what a brilliant idea that is, if they're not already working on it, and are implementing a new space program right away. Mm -hmm. I'm sure when they do um, get back to us with a comment, the comment will also include, like, a request for employment Yeah. from me, an idea generator.
1: a picture of an already blue moon.
0: But in any case, listener, keep your eye on the sky to watch for new and exciting things coming in the future. And also to appreciate the beauty of the universe and Marvel that you get to be a part of it. Remember, only you can enact galactic change. Alright folks, Diane here again. We are thrilled to announce a new sponsorship this week. Hunger! That was weird. <laughs> hunger, the hunger!
1: I ate my left hand. <laughs> Gross.
0: Okay. Hunger decided that we needed to talk about food more somehow. I don't know. I feel like we talk about food constantly. And said we should do a segment called Cooking with Friends. It just so happens that we received this recipe from a mysterious drifter with an Australian accent who just so happens to be Australian, who goes by the name of Eamon, who just so happens to do a podcast called But Yeah, which just so happens to also be very good but yeah here's the recipe that has been passed down in his family for thousands of years so that's how you know it's good so amen does say that you can scale these ingredients down but he would recommend sticking to this amount because of the time involved in preparation this recipe is called 100 year marinade
1: this good sauce is guaranteed to keep your guests coming back for more every day after the first taste, and more desperately every day until the next batch is ready. Here are your ingredients.
0: 100 kilograms of crushed garlic. 100 liters of soy sauce.
1: Hey, Eamon, how do you measure food? So we just get confused about why you use weight instead of measuring cups, because how many food scales do you have to own to cook one simple recipe like this?
0: Yeah, you know how many food scales I own? Literally zero. Because I have a nice set of measuring cups. Measuring cups. Like, like oh, cups.
1: What does this need 3 cups of flour? A lot easier than piling all that flour on a food scale and then dumping it into my mixing bowl.
0: A scale. Actually, I think I read something that measuring food like in weight is more precise. I can't visualize what food how much it is in weight. So I did the conversion. Thanks to Google. And um, so that means that you will need 220 pounds of crushed garlic and 26 gallons of soy sauce. Um, The next thing you will need is a willing grandchild.
1: Three tablespoons of cayenne pepper.
0: Thank you. Tablespoons. Yes. Okay. This is optional, but you might want to use a sternly worded letter to whoever opened the bottle too early. Your directions are as follows. Combine the garlic and the soy sauce in the largest container you can find. You want something with a good seal on it to protect your marinade from the elements as it ages, trapping the flavor inside.
1: Stir the cayenne pepper through while on the phone with someone you are no longer friends with. Tell them it's time to stir the spice and hang up before they get a word in.
0: It's a good tip. This step is optional. Some have reported that adding the sternly worded letter makes the marinade extra juicy, Others have said it does nothing. I personally always include it, as that's how my great-grandmother used to make hers, and it was always a fun surprise being the one who found the letter in their dish.
1: Now, the fun part. seal the marinade and store it in the darkest part of your house. If you already have kids, this is a great part to let them do, as children always know where the most darkness is hiding in.
0: Have at least one child. This bundle of joy will grow larger over the next 50 to 60 years until finally it is tall and big enough to bear a child of its own, your grandchild, at which point you must pass the marinade onto your offspring.
1: This is important. Around the 50th birthday of your grandchild, it is time to open the marinade. In the original room, you prepared the marinade and walk them slowly through the steps you took to do it. Use
0: the marinade on anything you want beef, chicken, fish, vegetables, it makes everything taste amazing. You can also use it directly on food as a sauce or as a quick pick-me-up in the morning before work. I hope this recipe brings you as much joy as it has brought me and my eight very large and strong sons and daughters. Sincerely, Amen.
1: I literally thought they were going to marinate the grandchild.
0: (laughs) That would be horrific and definitely not something you would find on paper news out loud. Maybe. Thank you, Eamon, for sharing that delightful recipe. I know that I can't wait to try it, and I'm sure our listeners
1: will appreciate it as well. Today, while filling up my car with gas, one of those annoying gas pump TVs started playing, which why? When I tried to mute it, the volume only increased. The woman in the advertisement looked directly into my eyes and said to me, Dear Florence and Diane, I absolutely love hugs. Mostly I love getting them, but that's only because I'm terrible at giving them. What do I do with my arms? What if I have more than just two arms? I want to give everyone that I know and love the best hugs in the world, but I don't know how to get started. Sincerely, Hopin' to Hug. Well, Hopin', no worries. I love giving hugs as well as receiving hugs, so I understand why you want to make sure you give a nice, solid hug. For the health benefits. hmm as we already learned today. I'm not a hugging expert, so we reached out to WikiHow to help us help you. There are billions of ways to hug, but it's important that you only hug those who actually want to receive a hug. Do not hug someone who does not want to hug. It will make them uncomfortable. They do not want to be embraced by your armpits, so just give them some space. If you're unsure about whether or not they want a hug, you can always ask them. There's no shame. One, starting the hug. Be welcoming. It's important that your body language is open, showing that you are down to hug. DTH, as the kids say. You don't want to cross your arms or look grumpy. It is hard to hug someone with crossed arms. Instead, try gluing a welcome mat to the front of your shoes so that others know that you are open and welcoming. Open those arms. Whether you have one or six arms, flying those bad boys open so that you have hug mode engaged. Perhaps while opening your arms, Pass the person you would like to hug a handwritten invitation into your hug. That way they know your intentions and can RSVP yes or no as needed. As I mentioned before, if you left your homemade stationery at home, you can always ask if you can hug them or if they want a hug now. Perhaps you feel too embarrassed to ask this because you don't want to look like a goof. Try renting a marquee of a movie theater or some form of skywriting to announce your intentions. Dabble with telepathy. Hire a mercenary to whisper the request in their ear. It's hard to say no to a hug when the request is coming from the mouth of Liam Neeson. Be genuine. Do not do any celebrity impressions during the hug. The person hugging you wants you, not your best impression of Benedict Cumberbatch. If you are not genuine or trying to be your favorite celebrity, the hug will not feel warm or inviting and maybe even a little awkward.
0: If you could really pull off, like, a really good Chris Evans impersonation, though, I wouldn't say no to that. I think that would be just as warm and inviting. Or Sebastian Stan. Mm
1: -hmm. Any Marvel superhero will really do the trick.
0: Yes. Quake. Daisy Quake. Daisy Johnson.
1: Marvel's Agents of of S.H.I.E.L.D.
0: SHIELD.
1: (laughs) It is important to determine your hugging style and own it. It's nice to have a fallback hugging style that you can perfect that hug. And crush it every single time.
0: Here are some suggestions. Maybe don't crush them. Just crush it, like, metaphorically, <laughs> not actually physically. No one will want to hug you if you just break their ribs every time.
1: If you literally kill a person via hug, you're doing it wrong.
0: Marvel characters, that would be bad to hug. The Hulk, when he is hulked. And that's it, I think. That's probably the worst one. Yeah. Maybe Thanos.
1: But he's a villain.
0: Well, I mean, that would hug Loki. Maybe that's all he needed was a hug all along. Okay,
1: anyway. The bear hug. Whenever you give a hug, slip into a very fluffy bear costume. Every time you hug another human, they'll get to bury their faces deep into your bear fluff, and it'll be the best hug of their life. The side hug. This is where, instead of hugging the person you are looking to comfort or show affection to, you hug someone else. It's like a side piece hug. I would not recommend this hugging style It just makes people feel bad mm-hmm. <laughs> lastly the leg hug you only use your legs because the muscles in your legs are stronger than the muscles in your arms in theory therefore you can really give the hug recipient a good squeeze
0: you can and you can um if you okay with them beforehand you can run to them jump and midair tackle them with your leg hug Or if you're really good at doing, like, handstands and walking on your hands, that could be a fun party trick. Kind of weird. Acrobatic hugging. Just think about where your butt would be.
1: No, don't think about that. Can we move on, please? So you hug a little bit differently when you hug friends and family. These Wait, who were we hugging before? (laughs) Strangers. (laughs) (laughs) That's just basic hugging knowledge. Now we're talking about specifically hugging your friends and family. Okay, gotcha. These are the people that have decided that they like slash love you and want you to be in their lives for some reason. (laughs) Ew. Because of this close bond, it can be difficult to overdo a hug. Of course, you still want to respect their boundaries, but you can let loose a little bit on these particular hugs and squeeze them a little tighter, but don't push them into the uncomfortable zone. Hug them warmly. Cover your entire body in hand warmers and allow yourself to really heat up before giving your bestie a hug. They will feel the warmth of your body and realize that that is a metaphor for how much you love them. The hug will never mean more. Give a solid hug. You must be sturdy. You must be a sturdy hugger, like a tree. You must be grounded. You must show them that this hug is not a sign of weakness. Nay, it is a sign of strength. Quietly whisper in their ear mid hug that they will never usurp you. Remind them that you are strong.
0: My favorite part of any hug is when someone whispers something in my ear.
1: Regardless of content.
0: Yes. Like, I'm so proud of you, or I'm going to miss you, or the treasure is buried under the oak tree in the old wizard's woods. I'm going to stab you in the back now. Hugging friends and family members
1: can also be beneficial if you need to sneak a secret message into their pocket. Use the hug to sneak the message into one of their pockets, unnoticed. Some examples of messages could include the combination to a safe, a treasure map, a cryptic picture of a chicken, or a word jumble containing the address of a drop location. Or a
0: paint-by-number of a chicken. Just try to make it chicken-related. One of those dot-to-dot dot that you have to follow, mm-hmm. but with a chicken. Maybe the location of your closest Kentucky Fried Chicken. A crossword puzzle where the only answer is chicken. Mm. I'd mess with that kind of puzzle. I'm very bad at crossword puzzles.
1: Okay. So hugging crushes and romantic partners is a little oh, juicy. Saucy. Oh. <laughs> These hugs tend to be more spicy, but only because you should always douse yourself in hot sauce before hugging someone you're romantically interested in. As usual, don't assume that the huggy actually wants a hug or to be touched by your hot sauce-covered body. Always make sure they're comfortable. That's
0: a really good mating ritual, especially if you're at the Kentucky Fried Chicken. That could be one way to take it from friendship hugs to romantic hugs. So you give them the friendship hug where you slip the um, map to the local KFC into their pocket. And then once you get to the KFC... You ask for um, just a ton of hot sauce, cover your body in the hot sauce, and then present yourself to them with a bucket of Colonel Sanders' um, original chicken. Ass naked. Completely (laughs) in the nude. You're going to get some blisters. And then if they're like, well, maybe not completely nude, because that could be, that's
1: that's harassment. They might not allow you in the KFC. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So just mostly nude. If you're wearing you know, like nude underpants,
1: that would be best. Anyway, get the timing right. This is an example of when the timing would be wrong. Mm. <laughs> it's important to time the hug. You give your love interest perfectly. Intricately map out how you will give the hug. With matters of the heart, nothing can be left up to chance. Tape a clock to your partner's back and front so you can always keep track of the time set up timers on your phone. You don't want to hug your partner too much or too little, so this particular step requires a lot of planning and coordinating. Think about what you'll whisper in your partner's ear when you hug them. Like I said, literally the best part. This is almost as important as the strength and warmth of the hug. The verbal phrases whispered in hugs are actually just the icing on top of the physical contact. Here are some examples. You remind me of a cupcake, except I can't eat you. Since when did you get so cozy and stop wearing deodorant? If my arms were pythons, they'd eat you. So we never have to end this hug and so that my body can gain nutrients. I wonder what it would feel like if you didn't have bones. And so on and so forth. Remember, hugs are the music of the soul. And this podcast is kind of like a hug for your ears. As in it makes you really uncomfortable. <laughs> So hugs are gifts. A big plus about being in a relationship is this opens up the table to giving hugs as gifts. They're free and don't require being wrapped. Simply throw a small handful of confetti at your partner and announce that you will present them with a hug to end all hugs as a gift for their birthday. Hanukkah, Arbor Day, what have you. Then give them the best damn hug that they have ever received. They will be grateful and you will get to reap the hug benefits too. Regardless, hoping to hug, I think you will be one heck of a hugger. You're already on the right track, and with a little practice, you'll be a professional. With that, Diane, will you take us into the motivation station? A choo-choo. Eating fruit can be tricky, especially when there are fruit-flavored things like milkshakes and fruit-by-the-foot to tempt you to leave that nasty old mango behind and eat a handful of Jolly Ranchers instead. How do you keep your fruit consumption up?
0: So as we all know, fruit goes bad incredibly quickly. In order to guilt myself into eating the fruit before it goes bad, I personify it in my mind. I draw faces on the fruit with edible Sharpie. I write poems from the viewpoint of the fruit. I tell myself that the life's purpose of a fruit is to be eaten. And if I have to throw them in the garbage, I am a monster because I didn't let the fruit fulfill its purpose. In order to make sure the fruit gets into my house to torment me every day of my life, I signed up for a fruit subscription service, so there is constantly fruit in my home. I'm so stressed out, but I don't have to worry about scurvy, so that's a good thing.
1: That is a good thing, Diane.
0: Thank you. How do you keep up your fruit consumption, Florence?
1: Well, as with any predator, fruit's greatest strength is camouflage. All the fruit in my house knows that the only way it will get eaten is if it disguises itself as some unhealthy snack. As Diane has already mentioned, the fruit's only purpose in life is to die by consumption, by human consumption. But anyways, the fruit really does all the work for me. I'll pop open a carton of Oreos, only to find that they were actually grapes the whole time. Keeps me healthy and fresh and regular. Today, I felt something land in my pocket with a thump. It was a small rocket ship. From it emerged a small alien who waved and passed me yet another letter. We literally cannot escape from them. They're following us everywhere. That's a telltale sign that the podcast is coming to an end. Thank you for taking time out of your day to listen to what we had to say. If you like what you heard, subscribe to Paper News Out Loud for more great episodes. If you liked what you heard a lot, leave us a review on iTunes saying what you liked. Please name and include a picture of your left earlobe. Draw a face on it.
0: If you're in love with what you heard, point lasers at the moon and inscribe an advertisement for a podcast there. Include references to your favorite episode. Please rate and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Please tell someone. Please. Thank you so much for listening. I want to thank International Delight Reese's Coffee Creamer for giving me a reason to wake up in the morning. I also want to thank Jake Harrison for allowing us to use his track titled 5 off of his album found on SoundCloud and Spotify. Thanks, Jake. You can find his music through the link or by searching at this.
1: Dear listeners, we are looking to showcase community art in our segment named Community Art. You can submit any form of art to us through email at alternaterealityproductions at gmail.com or you can just email us to say hello. And that's
0: that. Or you could even email recipes to be submitted to Cooking with Friends. Maybe we'll do it again. Maybe we won't. I guess we'll, we'll see what the future holds. Time is a cruel mistress. Then we have to do less writing ourselves.
1: <laughs> so tweet at us at Reality Loud. Use the hashtag ThinkWeirderThoughts and then actually go out there in the world and begin to think weirder thoughts. Share with your friends. We hope you learned a thing and made a laugh.
0: I'll probably cut out a lot of the sex jokes
1: that I I you know there was like a notable amount of sex jokes. <laughs> There's a lot of sex. We're literally making one right
0: now. <laughs> Just a lot of legs.
1: Oh yeah, I finished my line.